Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Megan Williams of the Self-Publishing Agency, where they turn writers into authors and work with New York Times best-selling authors, Olympians, actors, reality TV stars, and everyday storytellers to professionally self-publish their books. Beautiful. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Look at this. Finally on to the show. I love it. Thank you. Ah, oh, you betcha. Well, Thanks for being here. Can you just expand a little bit more on you? Where is your business today? And who is it that you'd love to work with? Okay, so our business is about just to give all of listeners the um, the sort of up to most up to date version of our business is that we started about we're in our like the eighth, ninth year of business. It started as a me doing small uh, consulting on book publishing and has evolved into a really large roster of book editors, designers, project managers, and marketers to mm. help uh, people professionally publish their books. Often, um, I know you and I had had a conversation earlier, often when people talk about self-publishing, there's this thought, there's like kind of two main thoughts that everybody has. And the first is, is that self-publishing is the default to the trade publishing world. Um, it's kind of this thing that, you know, if you couldn't get a trade publisher for your business book, your spiritual self-help book or your memoir, that you have to default to self-publishing. And fortunately, that as time goes on, the myth is being a bit dispelled because that's no longer the case. It's kind of like online dating it used to be a thing. Now it's not. Now it's how everybody does it. Um, and then the second thing that most people think about when they think about self-publishing is, is that they have to do it themselves. But that is absolutely not the case and nor does is that what yields the best results. So our business helps authors um, who are not professional writers, who mm. are who might love telling stories, have that something inside of them that they need to get out and walk around with stories of their life that or learnings from their life that people are always saying, you should write a book. That would be a really interesting book. That's the that those are the people that we work with. So we yeah. are taking, we're turning writers into professionally published authors with our, uh, with our team. So there's the, the, the old way and the new way and these, this, this ways of working obviously changes. So what this sounds like a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of like the, the fear of the unknown that sort of creeps into this. What do you find like time and time again with your clients is like the first hurdle that you help them to sort of work through or overcome or that you say time and time again there is this one thing that's like if you couldn't resolve level one for everyone and they could enter at level two what would that be oh easily hands down that this is not some like book publishing is not for other people it can be for you too writing your book publishing your book in a in a professional way is not just something that other people can do it's mm. absolutely within the realm of something and the same reason like you don't you know you, we don't cut our own hair well you might um <laughs> we don't cut our own hair we go to somebody who knows what to do who can actually make our story to make us look good to make us look our best selves that mm. is like that is what why people come to us and that is why it's possible for everybody is that you might not know how to make it look good, but you know, there's something there. That is what we, that's, that's why you people hire us mm. is uh, to make them look good. Absolutely. And then what does that, once you, you know, allow people into that world, once you show them how it's possible, that it is possible for them, 
what does this then allow them to do now they have their book their story well the 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 the, there's a bridge right between having your story then you sort of then you write it whether Mm. it's with your a team or yourself or you have it ghostwritten but once you have a manuscript let's call it your document on your computer your manuscript the the next bridge between being a writer and a professionally published author there's a whole the the, the bridge includes a whole roster of people that you bring into your life, project managers, marketers, book launch plans, editors, designers, and every step you take over that bridge brings you into the world of professionally published author. The world that people like experience when they become that author, well, that's extraordinary because it's like it's having a master's degree in something it's all of a sudden you like know things that you didn't know before you see Mm -hmm. things in a light that you didn't might have not considered and then not to mention the thing that happens time and time and time again that is very unquantifiable about book publishing is that it changes your life i can say like 70 percent of our authors make their investment back um i'm I'll pause right all there because my just got a notification. I don't know if my headphones clicked out. So no, you'll find that sentence again for you. Okay. So I can say that 70% of our authors might make their investment back in from book publishing, but that's a quant, that's a goalpost. Like that's an actual numbers thing, but the part that is unpredictable and a hundred percent of our authors say is that the decision to publish their book changes their life. And that can be financially but in most cases, it's bigger than financial. It's that they might have, we know somebody who one of our authors got a promotion at work because the role ahead of them now required more writing and more like, you know, it required more managerial experience. And they were able to demonstrate that because they had published this book. Um, We have somebody else who got a $40,000 consulting contract after publishing their book and it had to do with like the field in which they wrote about so the we we sometimes talk about like what can you expect with numbers and sales but similar to how as you know in your line of work is that there's this unquantifiable thing that you can't even touch and you don't even know is possible on the other end of like this big decision Mm, the the intangibility so we can talk about both sides of that i mean even there are so many different aspects of the authority that these elements bring being an author being a business owner being a podcast host there are so many things that you can you see and you use and understand that all these elements are so so achievable they play their role it's also how you play it how you help to use this so it sounds like it's more about the journey it takes you on so let's take that concept the journey it takes people on to write a book, get it published, and it helps them in so many different ways. What was that principle like for you becoming you know, the business owner and evolving your business? What was that journey? What was that? What did it do for you personally? How did you change? I I think... I. Like I'll only speak to myself, but in, in my case, it became something that I wanted to, I wanted to try it out. 
I was getting mm. enough PRs being once I once I published my own book, there was I was asked to do a couple of workshops. And then those workshops ended up in people being like, hey, can I just take you for coffee? And can we talk about what I could do? And then you start recognizing that everything that you have learned in your own experience now is useful to somebody else. So that was like, that's how like consulting starts. And that's how the business, like the idea of like how I could help other people on their journey starts. And then you meet somebody else who's like, well, could I hire you for more time? But like, how do I hire you to coach me through this? And now you open you the the experience that you've had up until that point now opens the next door. And now you're eligible to be in this new room where you're like, yeah, you're right. I do have a bunch of information on how to do this. I could run your project for you. And then now you become eligible to be in the next room because now you're helping with book launches and every, so as a business owner, what's happened is that has not only happened on a client front, but that has also happened in a team building front. So Mm. on a real literal level, when I first started, I had one editor and one book designer that I could refer people to. But then some, another author came to us who said that they had already worked with a book designer, but they just needed it edited. So now I like, so now I'm like, well, who did you work with your book designer? And now that person becomes part of our network. And now we start building out the next sort of building block of the business and it happens really organically, but it happens very intentionally because um, I'm fortunately not somebody who suffers from managing like micromanaging. um, And I have no issue handing over uh, work to people who are better at their jobs than I could ever be. So we tend to work with excellent people as a result, because I don't really need to know what they're doing in order for them to, deliver a great product so that's kind of how the business builds is that you if the more flow state i'm in the more that you hire people who have who don't like to be micromanaged that don't require hand holding you kind of hire senior people all the time and that building block moves us mm. along into running an organization that's um you know 20 to 30 people at any given time it's not um it doesn't happen as like overnight by any stretch but you just you start learning what you are capable of in the next room and who belongs in that next room with you. And sometimes mm. you don't even know that until you're there. Oh, you're you like, never oh, know it. You, you think it, you, you see all, you, you hear like the promised land or what may, may not happen. And you've got your own inklings. However, these journeys, they're, they're huge. So being able to let go, being able to bring in those senior level people who don't need you to hold their hand is that's kind of huge. And that's, quite a skill to have because with our with our baby with our business it's so easy like i want to make sure it's done right and maybe there's a level of lack of confidence in there but to keep on holding so tight what would you say is maybe the um the biggest skills the best traits that you have that actually whether you nurtured them or not were the elements that actually helped you to to grow and scale your business um well, this, the learning curves have always been similar to, as you said, sometimes when we're starting off, we're like, oh, I'll hire somebody more junior so I can stay in control and they can do our social media or they can do our newsletter. But what ultimately happened for me was that every time I hired somebody who wasn't 
as senior as I would have like liked, mm. I end up having to do more work because nobody shares this. Nobody shares the intimate knowledge of your business the way that the owner does. No one knows what clients are coming in, what success stories are like had on the phone or shared on email than the business owner. And those are actually the things that need to be marketed the best. Like that's what you need to market. So instead of hiring junior people, which it does have its time and place, but I found for our business, those were not the best plays or hiring designers that were great designers for websites and graphic work, but actually had no book experience. It was so costly like to, to do that on repeat because you're constantly coaching someone on what your standard should be. What is industry standard? What are you trying to get them to do? Whereas what really like the next room that I realized was like where our growth started happening was to no longer hire juniors and to no longer hire people who didn't have the experience I needed them to have. If we're operating mm. as, if we're marketing ourselves as a, you know, professionally, like one of the best self-publishing companies to work with in North America, then we better be hiring the best people to be working with. And not just, even when we have a like high volume to not compromise on this, like the seniority of the people that we hire, because it's but way more work to work with junior people. But from your perspective, there's, I mean, the three resources, time, energy, and money. So just looking at your time and your energy, by bringing on the right people that could afford you to step away and use your skills elsewhere. That's kind of huge rather than look, I've hired, but actually you've created more work for yourself. Mm -hmm. That sounds like it. That's it. It sounds logical. Of course it does. But sometimes that can be so, so hard to do. So talking about these skills that have served you super well, what would you say were the, the traits or the skills that, um, either you had to shift and evolve over time or crumbs. What is it right now? That's like, as you go to the next level, what are the new skills, the new traits that you're looking to bring on? That's like, this is, this is new. This is different. This is uncomfortable. What are they? I would say the, in the last nine months, the development has had to happen where, cause the easiest thing now to do for us is for me to just stay in the business. I just mm. respond to emails, chime in to client conversations that I actually don't need to be a part of. I get CC'd on everything. So all therefore I can spend all day Wednesday clearing out the inbox because it's a it's a quantifiable objective number that I can move. And I'm like, well, I went from 140 down to 40 emails today. So that was a productive day. But actually, if I didn't move the business forward, how do it, was it actually a productive day? I made everybody feel nice because it chimed in, but that's actually not, um, that's not growth. So um, in my case, the shift that I've had to happen is to allocate um, like hours throughout the week where I time block that to do business development. So mm. that is outreach versus inbounds work, meaning, and to break that down even further, most of our clients come from social media referrals, and I have to do very little outbound um, work to get them. But as, as the owner who wants the business to grow, 
and as you know, I have to, if I want to do that, that can't just grow on referrals. That's not like a horseshoe, like, oh my God, one person with 70,000 followers posted about our business. And now we're like, we're set. It's it, that's not the case. So it's allocating the growth for me has had to happen in allocating time for business development where I yeah. take myself out of my inbox, no matter how full it is um, yeah. to find opportunities. What's going to move the business forward? I mean, it's beautiful too. We can, at all different levels, there are things that we all sort of hide behind and maybe we know it. Maybe it's, ah, oh, it's sneaky and you find yourself doing the tasks, the things that aren't, it's safe. It's known. So where do you maybe find yourself after the event? It's like, ah, oh, damn it. I was doing this stuff again. I know I should be doing this. Oh, it's hanging out in my inbox all day long. It's hanging out in the inbox. That's that's my greatest offense is where I'm like, oh, didn't need to, I did not need to clear that out today. Like it doesn't even okay. feel that it's, yeah. So as great as that feels, what what is that task saving you from? Why is that, why are you drawn towards that? Let's sort of break down that element of what are you avoiding there's a good question um some days it's actually the it's the creative it's the brain power that takes to explore um larger opportunities so i mean for anybody who's like i mean you guys know this better than anyone when you're running a busy house and you've got a calendar full of appointments sometimes conversations like this are actually the easiest to have because they feel they're like, they're meaningful. They feel inspired. And that's how we feel when we're working with our clients, everything is meaningful. We're moving the needle for our clients. We're moving their projects along. But um, the avoidance is actually some days when life is so busy, it's the sitting down and thinking about, okay, who am I going to like, what organizations am I going to be networking with? How am I going to get in front of them? Who do I need to reach out to in those organizations? What conferences are we going to be going to? That actually takes a lot of, that's, that for me is very, uh, that's, that's energy output that some days I don't feel like mm. I have. So the avoidance is actually in the creative work, ironically for a book publishing company. So yeah, finding the resistance. There's a topic we talk about a lot within Unforgate Yourself, finding this resistance, finding this these energetic drains and where you're best suited, where we're all best suited is sometimes it may be logical, but it's interesting to see what, where's the alignment, where's the right place for us. And these, listen to these, these whispers, seeing ourselves do all these other jobs. Think about, yeah, everyone think about all the side quests all the faux action, all the dumb stuff that you do. That's like, yeah, I was, I was actually hiding from doing the thing that I know I need to do to see this. What do you think it would take for you to, is this something that you would feel energized by? Is it something that you need to offset to someone else as quickly as possible? Or is it external factors that are bringing you down to a place where it's like, I could do it, I should do it, but I just, I'm not at that level mentally, physically, emotionally at that point. What would you say? What would I say for myself or for somebody yeah. else? Well, right now, right now it's you. Right now, you, you can see the way, the way you kind of go back to the, the inbox. And is it the work that's draining? 
Is it that you're drained so you can't quite get to that level? It's something you need to outsource, bring no, someone in for this. Like I said, it's it's a time blocking thing. It's it's just sitting down to do it's making sure there's a few there's a couple of elements. Like I understand like the time management isn't necessarily an issue. Pretty like mm. pretty fluent in time management. However, it's what it is actually is is making sure that when I do block that time to work on outbound business development plans is yeah. that it actually works for the day because that's the other thing that I think sometimes like we can read all of the like habit book, time management books. We can hire as many coaches as we all like, but ultimately there's an implement the, when we implement something, it actually has to work for the day or it has to work for the week. So for example, one of our authors, when we were sitting down, she's like, Oh, I've blocked off Fridays to write. And then what's happened is, is that Fridays is also when like, you know, she has to pick up her kids early from school. She gets a hair appointment or she has to do a quick run because she's having friends over. And then what happens is that, so like the theory of like the implementation is very different than the theory. Friday's sitting aside to work all day. If I sat aside, you know, every Tuesday to work on business development, that might actually not work for the day because I'm susceptible, the implementation on those days, I'm susceptible to be I might have like not great childcare or mm. I might have a middle of the day workout planned like every week on a Tuesday. And actually why that doesn't work is that because it interrupts my flow because I have to sit like, so you it's breaking down the, uh, the goal. And then when you break it down into when are you going to do it? When does it actually work for my life to do mm. this work? Um, I love that you brought yeah. that up. Now, now we're getting very personal because this is a point of what works for me. What is it that works for me? We have um, things like you know, human design, Enneagram, DISC, all these assessments, which is, this is who you are. This is how you work. And they have a place, absolutely. They're very much here as you, rather than where are you in this moment, making this these things a bit more fluid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to understand all the, all the cycles that we go in, right now we're about to hit autumn. Okay, this is a different season. It's a different time of the year. Um, women have different cycles than men. There's much more of a roller coaster, whereas men are much more at the similar kind of level. There are the daily cycles that we all go through. There are three cycles in each day that we have. Identifying where are you in the morning? What are your traits? What are your positives? What are your unhealthy habits in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening? Looking at all these aspects, and then you can work out when is the right thing for you? How are you going to work? So is this kind of the, the, the balance that you have, bearing in mind as much as you can and understanding, here's when I need to do it because I know me. I know what I'm good at. I know what's going to distract me. I know how I best work. Is that a skill that's that's proved well for you? Absolutely. And it you kind of, it's, um you experiment with it all the time, right? Because if I have to time block for exercise versus you know, creative work versus client calls, like for example, today I, I were kicking off the week and I have like four zoom meetings today. So that is like, I, I will already be in a space where I am comfortable, like seeing people talking to people. I'm talking about our business all of the time. Whereas mm-hmm. if I were to scatter that for like on a, for me personally, if I were to do, one Zoom call Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at different times. It actually yeah. is a flow blocker for me because I'm not in, I have to stop what I was doing. Um, 
whether that's like, you know, a strategic plan or working on like, you know, clients, marketing, like setups, whatever it is. Um, if I have to stop that now to get in a headspace to do a podcast and I'm now mm -hmm. shifting, it kind of just, it's very disruptive for me. So that's why for personal, for my, for me personally, it makes way more sense to stack things that are of light or of similar nature in my work and then leave the other days available for other like-minded things or similar categorical things. Yeah. Does that make sense? But it also, but it, it's what works for you. Some people can't stack four, five, six calls in one day. It's just too exactly. much. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. I think this understanding yourself and working accordingly, because yeah, to be able to, to change gear, we can't yeah. often turn on a dime like a, like a tank. Sometimes we need the turning signal of a ship. It takes miles to turn our way around. Same in business, same changing tasks. So to understand how focus productivity works for, for you and you personally is, yeah, sounds like that's been one of your, one of the areas has made a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And I think it's no, it's giving yourself, um, I mean, people say, I, I, I use the word giving yourself grace, but it's almost, it's giving yourself, um, it's like giving yourself a reality check. Like, is that actually a manageable thing for you to take on this week. Mm. And because, and for, in my case, it might be, you know, I've got a, you know, a deck I have to prepare. And I'm like, when's the last possible deadline for this? Because if I said, yes, I'm going to do this. If it like this week, I can't. So therefore like uh, to say yes to, it doesn't make, you know, I have, you have to be reasonable with yourself. Like, because otherwise I think it's a setup to either do something half-assed it's something to set up and it gets pushed to the next week yeah. so just to like be fair with yourself like no like if you're not a morning person stop forcing that you know i'm like i'm good with being 10 percent uncomfortable and doing some stuff but if you're not a morning person like despite what everybody says about like oh i feel so great after i work out i love to have it done in the morning but if you don't like doing it in the morning then like you're already behind the start line. So just pick a time of day that you do love it. And mm. like, but just yeah, be fair with yourself is my main yeah. hope for people. Be reasonable with what you can accomplish because it can be done. But if you, if you're doing it in a way that is not in flow for your life and yourself, I think um, it's not sustainable. And there's the age old concept of rather than just an, here's what you need to do. Here's what you should do. I mean, we started this episode by talking about the, the evolution of the publishing industry and how things have changed and how the options are there for everyone. It's a case of with business, it's not, here's how you need to market. Here's how you need to work, you know, build your business. It's hold on. What do you want? How do, how do you want to work? Because everything works. So what's the right thing for you? Time frame, focus time management, blocking, whatever it is, the tasks that you do, there is no one size fits all. So I love that we've sort of explored that in this episode. So, hey, Megan, thank you so much for, for being here and sharing behind the scenes with your business. Oh, you're welcome. I hope it was helpful. And whether, whether it's about book publishing or general like management, I hope that somebody found a few nuggets in there from this. So thank you for the opportunity to chat about it. Hey, you're welcome. We kind of covered it all. So look, if people want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Uh, we are the self-publishing agency everywhere on YouTube, Instagram, website, keeping it simple. There's no, yeah. So you just 
Google the self-publishing agency and you will find us. And there you go. Perfect. Well, Megan, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Nice chatting to you too. You're welcome.